Hello, folks. Dr. Maurice Selby here, medical director, producer, and co-host of Health in Harlem on WHCR 90.3 FM and the Health in Harlem podcast. While we strive to bring you the most up-to-date, reliable, evidence-based information to help you live the healthiest life possible, this show does not substitute for an evaluation by a trained and licensed medical professional. It is highly recommended that any advice or recommendations on medications, treatments, nutrition, fitness, preventive services, etc. be implemented under the guidance and supervision of your primary medical provider or appropriate specialist. With that said, we hope that you enjoy and learn from our program, and please be sure to let us know how we can best serve you in future shows. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of Health in Harlem here on the Health in Harlem podcast available on Google Play, iTunes, Spotify, literally anywhere that you get uh, your podcast. And today we are back with an amazing episode, something we haven't spoken about in a while. Two of my longest friends uh, are <laughs> joining us today. We got both Dr. Josephs. That's right. We got two of them. We got two brilliant doctors in the house and they are dentists um so we haven't brought up oral health in a very long time um on health in harlem and we are going to rectify that situation right now we're going to make sure that uh the community gets the kind of information that it needs to be able to practice the best oral health because it's huge for your overall health as i'm sure the dr josephs are going to uh convince us so we have steve joseph and Latoya Luke Joseph. I'm not sure. Did you end up deciding that uh, you're going to, to to keep the Joseph name only, or is it hyphenated right now? That's why we got married before I finished dental school because I didn't want my professional license to be in my maiden name because then people will get confused. So that's that's exactly why I was asking. All right. So, <laughs> All so right, we have so. the doctors Joseph on. Yes. <laughs> See, but George yeah, was like way before I was Joseph. So. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. We go way back. We also got Mo and Reed in the house. So if you guys want to say what's up. What's, uh, what's going on, y'all? Uh, so the normal crew is here. We got the A-team. So Dr. Josephs, I met, well, I met Steve first. In middle school, we were trying to get into Stuyvesant together. And uh, we were in a, a city prep program um, to get into, you know, STEM uh, honor schools and, and, you know, specialized high schools around uh, New York City. And so we were both doing that prep program together, and we both ended up not making it into Stuyvesant and making it into Brooklyn Tech. We both entered the Gateway to Medicine program, which is a science-intensive or medical-related intensive um, uh, major or concentration that the high school used to offer. And that's where Steve first met Latoya and where I first met Latoya as well. So we were all in Gateway to Medicine together. We um, ended up graduating from Brooklyn Tech. Steve was poised to leave me, just like his, his wife-to-be had, uh, to, to go to Florida. And they were going to keep it going in Florida. And last minute, his mother, who is also a nurse like mine and also works at Maimonides like my mother, 
Crazy. Uh, <laughs> Michelle, like yours. Also, also named Michelle, like my mother. Told him, there's no way that I'm going to lose you now. You're way too young to be out of this, out of my grip. So he was like, all right, mom, say no more. I'm going to stay and go to City College. So we ended up in City College together. <laughs> um, That's insane. And, and then one day we were walking past each other. You know, we're doing the same kind of prereqs. I forgot how it happened, actually. But we ended up becoming part of the volunteer emergency services together um, so that we had on campus. We became EMTs together. We became CPR instructors together. We joined the same person. I, yeah, I mean, yeah. we are separated <laughs> at birth. Um, he has cooler hair than me, but <laughs> all, I, all I need is like a matching. You guys can't see this, but he has, he has some blonde highlights in, his, in the top of his head right now. It kind of looks like Pharrell. So then Steve and I became CPR instructors together. We uh, were part of the executive board for the EMS squad. And then we were studying for MCATs together. He was speaking to his wife, who convinced him ultimately to come join her in Florida and become a dentist just like her because she was out there just killing it. And anytime that I spoke to Steve, all I heard is accomplishments that, that Latoya had in terms of, of literally everything in life. Like I was saying before, they decided the only thing that would make this any better is if they decided to do it for life. So um, I had the pleasure of being one of uh, Dr. Joseph's uh, groomsmen. And here we are now. Steve is about to finish uh, dental school. Latoya is already done with dental school. Apparently has another degree that I didn't even know about that she got during dental school because yeah, normal people do that. On top of that, they have two kids. And Latoya, are you now uh, the owner of the dental practice that you yes. work at? And how old are you, Latoya, if you don't mind me asking? All the way. 27. 27. See, he turns 28 before. He turns older that six months before. So I always say I'm older than I am for like six months. Because I'm like, oh, yeah, no, I'm already 20. No, I'm 27. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So tell me a little bit about your education. You know about personal uh, life a little bit, at least. Uh, but tell me about how you got to the point that you're at. And uh, Steve, where are you graduating from? What's your plans? Tell us a little bit more about yourselves. Okay. I'll start real quick because my wife's story is a little bit longer. Uh, since she's been in the game for a bit. Um, Save the best for last. Save the- yeah, exactly. Of course. Of course. <laughs> Come on. I wouldn't be a good husband if I didn't say that. I'm happy you said it. <laughs> um, so after um, my time with uh, Giorgio at City College and the whole being convinced by the wife otherwise to do dentistry, um, to kind of boost the resume because a lot of my stuff is focused towards medicine, uh, I spent a little bit more time doing a master's program for a year and a half so i have a master's in biomedical uh, sciences just to help get a little bit more requirements towards the uh, dental field and then after that uh went straight into dental school uh funny thing is the day that i the year that i started was the year that my wife was graduating really quickly i remember um the when i got my acceptance into the school uh i came to school to tell my wife about it she brings me over to clinic to the team leaders that she's working with. And she's like, you're going to be working with these two guys once you start. And I'm like, That's all cool. right, I guess I didn't have a say in that one. <laughs> but um, I'm in my third year right now. It's been going great seeing patients. Uh, I've got one more year left, and I'm just really excited to get out into the real world and start working on patients. That's awesome. And how about you, Latoya, the, the real star in this couple? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, just, I knew I wanted to be a dentist since I was in middle school, I'd say. 
the I was like, well, I, it was career day actually, and um, the one of the speakers was a mom of one of my classmates, and she was a dental assistant, and she came and talked about how much she loved her career, how she loved helping people smile, and she loves going to work every day. And I was like, I want to love going to work every day. I'm going to be a dentist because at that point I didn't know I was in the sixth grade. I didn't know there was a difference between dental assistant, dental hygienist, dentist, whatever. I was like, I'm going to be a dentist. And that was it. I said it. I decided it. And no one was changing my mind. Um, so when I went to high school, I learned that I could accelerate myself through undergrad so I can start dental school earlier. So I kind of made all my whole undergrad career geared towards finishing early. Oh, I went to I ended up going to Barry University in Miami. I was supposed to go with someone, but they got stuck in New York. Um, so I'm a, lot of, a lot of shade being thrown right now. We, what just happened? <laughs> no, no, no. I love my mother-in-law. <laughs> <laughs> I'll mess with you. I'll mess with you. Um, but um, yeah, you, got, you stayed in New York, um, which actually ended up working out for a better. But uh, I got... I then I decided I liked Florida a lot more than I liked New York. So I only applied to dental schools in Florida. Because I knew if I got into one in New York that my mom would make me come back to New York and then I would have to live at home, which I didn't mind. But then I'd have to commute like two hours every single day to NYU or Columbia. And I didn't want to do that. So <laughs> I applied to schools in Florida, got into school at Nova Southeastern University, went there for my dental education, loved my dental education. It was stressful, but totally worth it. And my fourth year, I was looking for jobs. I wanted to be near my mom in Fort St. Lucie. And I accepted an amazing job offer in Sebastian, Florida. And the week, probably two weeks after, because I was in Trinidad for spring break, two weeks after I accepted that job offer, Steve's like, well, I got into dental school. And I'm like, what are we going to do? Because Sebastian is two and a half hours away from Fort Lauderdale where he's going to be going to school. And so we are like, well, do I change? Do I say I'm not going to work there anymore and stay down south? And we decided to split again. So, We've done long distance, long, like our, our like, whole uh, relationship. Yeah. So, you know, why not another four years, yeah. you know? <laughs> Wow. Yeah, and it's working out because that dentist sold the practice to me. He retired last year, and now I'm practicing by myself. And it's uh, oh yes, oh. And um, when I was in my second year of dental school, I was like, okay, I've mastered, like, I've I figured out how to do dental school. I need to do something else now on top of it. And so I decided to do my master's. <laughs> Plus, I also want to practice, like physically practice for like a really, really long time. And I'm so young that I want to give myself like maybe 20, 25 years in physical dentistry. Then I want to do community health. Um, so I figured getting a master's in public health would help with that. My dream is to work for the CDC, but I don't think that's going to happen because that means I have to move to Atlanta. One of You'll these be okay days, yeah. I mean, you know, by then the kids will be in college, so we 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 could move. Uh -huh. I mean, who knows? Manifest yeah. it. CDC, I hope you're listening to this episode. <laughs> <laughs> I'm listening. I know. Um, but the yeah, long term, and I am so passionate about like underserved communities, and I have experience. I grew up in Brownsville, Brooklyn. Like I know all about underserved communities. We moved to Queens when I started high school but my mom is also in healthcare and she always made sure we went to the doctors on time we went to our dentist well some a lot of my classmates weren't as lucky like you know i had classmates i'd never been to the dentist or didn't get healthcare because it just was 
not a priority. Um, but we'll get to that a little bit later on. Honestly, that, I'm glad that I had you tell me about your education because even with an outline, I don't think I could have said all that. Um, <laughs> really, really, really accomplished people, as I, as I told you earlier, guys. And so I have another question for you. Um, I want to know a little bit more about um, dental health and uh, oral health, rather. And Mo was telling me a little bit before the show about his experience with this. And I was telling you guys how I felt about my oral health. And I feel like I'm slacking. Mo, I mean, like, what, what do you feel about your oral health? So when we look at, you know, I, I think the general public, when we talk about oral health um, and what I see, right, in, in talking with individuals that come into the emergency department, I think we all think about cavities and the pain that they cause, the bad breath, the unsightly smiles, right? These are all problems that are just limited to the pie hole. Um, in this sense, we maybe say, right, that the mask game right now, thank God for masks, thank God for grills, um, all of these things that can cover all of that stuff up uh, and make it look nice. Um, but even, you know, even personally, right, think about this. Um, I ran seven miles today, right? Shout out to that. Been been keeping up on my game uh, as far as yeah, what man. we've been talking about week after week on health in Harlem, right? Physical activity. So I was in there, ran my seven miles, was feeling good. Um, you know, I looked at my time was great actually. So I like set a PR for certain points in my um in my run, and my endorphins are flowing. And I was like, yo, I'm gonna live to like a hundred years old, bro, if I keep <laughs> this up. Like this is great. And then. I realized I didn't brush my teeth <laughs> up to that point. Um, seriously, and I was like rushing out of the house this morning, trying to get Imani to school and stuff. And I was like, well, let me brush my teeth after I eat. That's usually my preference, right? Um, so my plan was to brush after I ate a, a, a quick breakfast, get Imani to school, but then it never happened. And I didn't realize it until after the run. I'm like, yo. <laughs> was like, So it just shot my whole you know, picture of my health at that point. Um, but yeah, this is something that is critical, right? We, we talk about the oral cavity, I feel like in isolation, um, as if it's just disconnected from the rest of the body, but we are seeing real connections to our overall health, um, especially when it comes to individuals developing things like diabetes, heart disease, mm -hmm. um, strokes. I mean, they all seem like totally separate entities, right? We had a big show talking about cardiovascular health. We didn't even mention, I don't think, oral health, the connection in there. But there is a real connection. And that's why this show is so important. It's so crucial um, that we really talk about. And when we talk about health in general, right, you have to talk about oral health. Like, it's a, it's a must. So tell us a little bit about uh, oral health and its, its kind of relation to, the overall, to your overall health. The mouth, it really should be considered a lot more in higher regard than we think that it that it is because it's really the gateway to the body. Like it's everything you put in your body goes through your mouth. The heart and the brain and, you know, even certain types of cancers, they can all be related to oral health. Like let's start with the heart, for example. I have had a patient today who's getting open heart surgery in two weeks and he had to come to me because he has a tooth infection and they can't do open heart mm. until the infection in his mouth is cleared. We get that all the time. Anybody, Why? Because think about it. The When you want something to be real, absorbed into the body real fast, where do they put it? They put it in the mouth. The mouth is like the gateway to a lot of blood vessels. It's And all of that bacteria that you usually get from lack of oral hygiene 
So when you don't, don't when you don't brush properly or frequently enough or visit your dentist often enough, you get what gingivitis, and mm. then that turns into periodontitis where you start to see the breakdown of the bone tissue that hold teeth in place. So yeah, you may be cavity free, but what good is being cavity free if you have no bone to hold those teeth in your head? Um, but all that bacteria that gets underneath the gums when you have periodontal disease and gingivitis, that's bad stuff. Like that is bacteria that they have isolated from the heart from the liver, from like everything. That is bacteria that doesn't need oxygen to breathe. Um, and that stuff can really attack the vital organs in your body. And in order to get to that level, you've had to have neglected your teeth for a while. What are we talking by a while? Because uh, I'm guilty of this. So I want to know how scared I should be. Well, right forget, for, forgetting to brush your teeth like in the morning after you, like, after you eat. Like Maurice Donovan like, Toby, yes. Like, <laughs> like, like once or twice is not going to hurt you. But it's like Thank when, God. when you let that bacteria sit on your teeth, it gets stuck to your teeth. And the bone that holds your teeth in it doesn't like anything to be close to it, whether it be bacteria, whether it be a crown or a filling that's too big cement from a crown and it's going to run away it likes to be in a sterile environment so mm. more bacteria and buildup that gets underneath your gums the further that bone is going to run away the more it creates a perfect environment for that bacteria to grow and become that dangerous stuff that leak into your blood vessels yeah the same way that uh that my wife was talking about those drugs that are going straight into your veins for your arteries for immediate um treatments or whatever that's what the bacteria is going to do. It likes the fact that the bone is running, is receding because then it gets to go through the rest of the body and have a big party. There's studies show not a um, direct uh, relationship. Every single patient who has high periodontal disease, they usually have extremely high risk for strokes. Uh, a lot of uh, atherosclerosis, um, a lot of cardiovascular diseases of any kind, just because like my wife was saying, that's the bacteria that's there mm-hmm. every single time. Same bacteria. The same bacteria that we find in periodontitis wow. is the same exact bacteria that is found in those diseases. So it's. So is this the oral microbiota that. that you're describing? The regular bacteria that lives in, inside your mouth regularly is not harmful. I mean, we need those bacteria for our gut, but it's the stuff that lives underneath inflamed tissues in your bones, like in your gums. That's the best. Mm. So really the best way to keep the rest of the body clean is to keep your mouth clean because you can't reach where that inflammation and that bacteria is, ha- is underneath your gum line with your toothbrush. So even if you wake up one day, like I'm going to do so much better. I notice my gums bleed when I brush. Um, I'm going to do so much better today. I'm going to floss every single day. You still have to go back and kind of clean all that up and then keep your mouth clean. So you can change your lifestyle, but you still should probably see a dentist to get cleaned up. So you to can get back actually, to the baseline. right because you can't reach that stuff underneath your gums. That's what mm. you need your hygienist, your dental hygienist at your dental office to do. And in my little clinical experience that I've had in dental school, I see that all the time. The patients coming in saying, "But I've changed. I've stopped smoking. I've stopped eating the Which sugary stuff. I stopped awesome. doing this, this, is this." 
And I figured I'd take care of it myself before I go see the dentist. And that's where the problem is. We happens. still can tell. Mm. We flossing a week in a row and come to the dentist be like, but I've been good, doc. Like, the no, teeth don't no. lie. <laughs> I I'm not had my lie. dentist I'll... notice. And I'll... it felt good, though, because my dentist actually noticed, was like, wow, you floss, you floss really well. And I was like, oh, wow, you noticed that I floss. <laughs> um, so somehow they can tell the difference. Like, yes. there yeah. is, 100%. clear. So essentially, you guys are saying that that's the bad news, right? As far as, you know, the personal drag of having yuck mouth, mm-hmm. um, all that yoga and Peloton craziness that you're doing can all be negated by not paying attention to your teeth, yep. essentially. Definitely. Wow. And a lot of things that you wouldn't expect to catch in the dental office can be caught. I've diagnosed a lot of stuff that mm. I've diagnosed high blood pressure. I've diagnosed diabetes. I've diagnosed what? high cholesterol, um, all from a dental exams and the x-rays that we take. Um, I've diagnosed like artery blockages because you can see the arteries on the panoramic x-ray and you can mm-hmm. calcifications, prevented strokes, like Wow. Like there's a lot that can be told told from the mouth, especially high blood pressure. That's a big one because that's huge. Um, a lot, a lot of offices these days take blood pressures, and I always get the patients that argue with me. I don't have high blood pressure, doc. I'm like, well, this is like the fifth time I'm taking your blood pressure in like 30 minutes, and it's still 201 over 100. Yes, you do. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm just elevated. <laughs> No, no, no. You're not just nervous. You need to go see your doctor. If they weren't coming to the doc, to the d- dentist, that, that would go, be stuff that would easily go untreated. And um, just a quick thing to add on that, you know, um, the, the stereotype is, okay, when you go to the dentist, all they do is look at the mouth, you know, and that's not true at all. Whenever we do our uh, clinical examination, uh, there may be more of a focus from the neck, like collarbone up per se. But the first thing I do is look at my, my patient's overall well-being. How are they doing? Oh, I noticed that uh, you've been limping on this foot. Or, oh, uh, you're holding your arm in this in this mm-hmm. area. Like, what's going on? Can you talk to me about that? And sometimes just because it's in the moment, the patient feels comfortable comfortable enough to do that. And we take care of that, refer that out to, the, to their physician, and we move forward in that treatment. So it's not just a, oh, how is this tooth doing today? Yeah. It's how is my patient doing today? Maybe I won't be able to ch- take care of the fungal infection on your foot, but I can get you uh, to the uh, podiatrist that can take care of it. Right. So. We we see a lot of patients. We have a, we know a lot of doctors, and a, you know we we're like a like an internal review service because all of our, all of all of my patients love to tell me about the doctors they love. So I might have a patient that comes next that's like, "Hey, doc, do you know anybody who's good for this?" Like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." My last patient just raved about this doctor. All in all, it's a good thing to go to your dentist. And if you hear the words deep cleaning, a lot of people are so skeptical. They're like, I don't need a deeper cleaning. I just want a regular cleaning. You're doing Mm. yourself a disservice. Mm. Because a regular cleaning is going to clean everything from the gum line up. Where does all this really bad bacteria live? Below the gum line. So it's like... It's like putting a Band-Aid on a bullet wound. Like it's going to look nice from the outside, but you're still bleeding out on the inside. So um, it's listen to your hygienists and your dentists take their recommendations. They're not trying to scam you, promise. Well, most are. Well, I'm not. (laughs) Oh, no. But you know what? I'm going to take it one step further because you said it's good to visit your dentist, but I would say it's a must, ladies and gentlemen, that we have to find a way. 
If we talk about, we talk about health and well-being on Health in Harlem each and every week, part of everything that we recommend, the increased physical activity, the eating right, um, you know, maintaining social contacts uh, for our mental health. Uh, if you talk about being a healthy person, living a healthy lifestyle, we got to talk about getting to um, the dentist, mm -hmm. getting to the dentist um, and getting these screenings and the cleanings as needed. We have to do it. We have to. And Mo, you mentioned that you feel good when your dentist compliments the work you've been doing at home. Facts. So motivation. Once you get into the habit of going to your dentist, I, it's an easy habit to keep. Very, very mm. easy. Just being aware of your overall health is, um, your overall health, first of all, is important. But most people, uh, when you ask them, what's the first thing you notice when you look at somebody? Maybe the first answer is the eyes. Most of the times, the second thing is their smile or their mouth or something mm. along the lines. Pre-COVID, of course. Pre-COVID. Pre your mask, right? But, but um, that's that's the thing. Like um, a lot of, I have a lot of patients that I've been seeing that simply asking them to smile is a problem for them mm. because they're so self-conscious of it. There's a lot, not just um, we were speaking about the cardiovascular health and all the other things, but there's a lot of psychological health that's involved with your oral health because what do the celebrities have? perfect smiles they have there's nothing wrong with the teeth and that just like everything else that's what people look up to so when you have a chip in your tooth or when you have a bad plaque buildup or where you have teeth missing or whatever the case is and you're not taking care of it you tend to modify your smile or modify how you talk just so people don't recognize that stuff and that's a, a psychological thing that you're doing to yourself and going to the dentist Having just a conversation with them about what can be done, a before and after picture of the potential and everything, that brings smiles to people's faces who don't like to smile. And it motivates you to do better because then you can do what you need to do, like, you know, your deeper cleanings, fill your cavities, your pull of tooth hair there if it's that bad. And then you can be like, have a goal, like, I want straight white teeth. Well, let's do this first and then get there. We're on your team to get you what you want, which is healthy, so nice looking teeth. So I was going to ask, is there a difference between healthy looking teeth and healthy teeth? What is it that we should be kind of like modeling our uh, perfect oral health after? Well, um, you can have perfect, healthy looking teeth and they not be teeth at all. So <laughs> there's that. <laughs> I, mean, I promise you, a lot of people will be like, oh, they have nice teeth. It's not theirs. Cosmetic work is very, very, very advanced these days to look like nothing's been done. And mm. there's been a lot of work done. So I wouldn't really... Can you do that for me? And it starts from very young because people want straight... Like, that's that's what's in. Like, I was watching... Which show? Um, what's that show with the dancing and the mask? No, the singing and the mask. The mask singer. It's funny. Mass singer, got it. The mass singer. I know. <laughs> What's the show? The dancing what? in the mask. The singing in the mask. The mass singer. I figured it out. Um, um, and all the judges, they have perfect white straight teeth. I promise you, none of them are real. And that's okay. I mean, they look amazing. Um, but that's what people want. And you don't have to be a certain age. You don't have to, you know, it's it's what everybody wants. So I wouldn't go by the appearance because it may look nice, but they may have a tooth or three missing underneath all that stuff or, you know, have periodontal disease on 
at the bottom. Uh, there's, we get a lot of patients who's like, Jack, I just want to look nice. I don't care about anything else. And I was like, uh, this is not the office for you. Um, you want to be healthy first and then look nice after. Yeah. Um, to kind of directly answer the question, Giorgio, I feel like it all starts with actually having healthy teeth. Right. Because whether you want to have just healthy teeth or health or nice looking teeth, a lot of dental treatments, all dental treatments, the longevity of the treatment is based on how healthy the teeth are, how healthy the bones are. If you want to get the, the fancy implants, you need to have the bone there. And like we were talking about earlier, if you have that bacteria that are receding the bone that hold the teeth together, you don't have bone to hold the implant. Then you got to put bone in there. More money you got to spend, uh, more surgery that you have to do. So a lot of the preventative treatments of taking care of the teeth that you have going to your dentist and pretty much we try to be a team of what the dentist is providing the dental, the whole dental team, the dentist, the dental hygienist, dental assistants, whatever we're providing for you, we can do an office, but that treatment only goes as well as what you do at home. Mm -hmm. So we may be the dentist in the office, but you're the dentist in your bathroom when you're taking care of your teeth and brushing, mm -hmm. flossing when you're supposed to be doing it. If you need to, if uh, your dentist uh, recommends doing a, uh, rinse and oral rinse ever so often be on top of that because we can recommend anything in the world, but mm. if you're not going ahead and doing it, we're back to square one with the deep cleanings. Mm. And when you say, Hey, I want to get these implants and all that. Mm. Well, if you're not doing your end of the game, I'm sorry, it's going to require surgery in order for you. If you really want it, we'll do it for you, but it's going to require surgery and the longevity of those implants will not last anywhere near as long. If you actually take mm. it. Having actually healthy teeth comes first before anything else. That that kind of leads me to the next question. Would you say that it is an equal responsibility between the dentist and the patient? Oh, or would you all on, it's all on you. you it's, the patient. it's all on the patient. Because I'm only <laughs> oh. not me, the dentist, I'm only seeing you like 10 minutes every twice a year um when I come in to do my hygiene check. Mm -hmm. You are responsible for what you do at home. Like, for example, I and you'll find this in any dental office. If something goes wrong with a filling or a crown, they most likely will replace it for free if it's within like one or two years. The only reason, the only way I don't guarantee work is if it has new decay or a new cavity underneath it because I can't go home and make sure that you're brushing your teeth. So that's the only way you have to pay for it again is if it's decayed again. If, you know, something breaks or or it debonds or something, yeah, I'll go ahead and replace it for free, but not if it, there's any cavity underneath there, because that, that is not me. I did not do that. That was all you. When I say we're a team, I, I kind of like it uh, a little bit more towards like a fitness instructor and the person working out. Like I'll mm -hmm. provide you all the stuff that you need mm -hmm. to get to the fitness level that you want to get to, but mm. I'm not going to hold it. your hand and lift the weights for you. Yeah, That's all you on have you. To, you have to maintain it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Man, I would hire that trainer that would lift the weights from me. <laughs> <laughs> so what are we responsible for? What are, what are the best practices for oral health that we should be committed to? Mm -hmm. I know that like a lot of times people automatically think dentists and expensive, but it's a lot less expensive on the front end than the back end. So investing in a good toothbrush, investing in you know, floss and a water pick, even investing in yourself by going to your dentist, at least not, not most. Cause some people are like, Oh, I go once a year. And you know, twice a year is like at least twice a year. 
most of my patients I see four times a year, actually. Um, but twice a year at the very least is how often you need to be in your dentist chair and spend the money that way. Because for if like, say you go to the dentist today and everything looks great, you took x-rays, everything's beautiful. In six months, I see you again. I notice a little cavity beginning. You don't notice it. I notice it, but I think it's big enough that we should fill it. Okay, spend the money to to fill to 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 do the filling. Now, let's say you didn't go and coming back into my chair because you felt fine. The next time you come into my chair was when something's wrong. Maybe two, three years down the line, when that little cavity we could have caught six months after I saw you first is being caught three years three three years later. That's gonna go turn into a root canal. It's going to turn into a post and crown. It's going to turn into now the tooth has a much shorter lifespan. Um, and if you continue treating it the way you've been treating it, it'll lead to an extraction. Right. And, and then implant. So let's think about how much you would have spent on that little filling that we caught in the beginning or your, you know, $90 cleaning visit. And that turns into 3000 when you need a root canal and crown because that cavity got too big because we didn't catch it. You came in when it started hurting. When it starts hurting, it's a bit too late. And mm. even worse, if you wait for it to stop hurting, that means it's really too late. You got to pull the tooth out and put an implant. Now you're looking at $5,000. So $5,000 three years later, or you want to come every six months and just spend the $90. You yeah. know, which one makes more sense? So, uh, in regards to what you're going to be doing at home, first and foremost, uh, the type of toothbrush uh, that you want to be using, it all depends on the patient, of course, but if for a general patient, we like the soft bristle toothbrushes. Electric. And electric, if if we sit you down and we realize, electric is just easier. That's all it is. It's yeah. just a it, lot easier When the commercials say that it. it spins like a thousand RPMs or whatever, it really does. And you can't physically brush that fast. So even for for my patients, who I know uh, they're just not doing that great of a job. Electric. Yeah. Everybody should invest in a good toothbrush, an elect good electric toothbrush. And I wanted it to doesn't matter the brand. Just with this, the the misconception of brushing, the harder you brush, the more you'll get the bacteria. The issue with that in combination with like a medium grade uh, bristles or the thick the the harder bristles is that you're actually, with enough brushing, you can actually brush enamel off your teeth. The stuff that's there to protect the inside, the pulp and all that stuff um, that provides nutrition for the tooth, makes it healthy mm -hmm. and all that. So um, you're like eroding your teeth away exactly. with a hard, Physically. harder brush. You're physically doing it. like over. Because the thing is, you don't brush your teeth. I'm hoping you brush your teeth regularly. So if you're brushing your teeth regularly with that same technique, of aggressive brushing over and over, you will be just slowly but surely eroding. The so it's like the the paint job on your car, ladies and gentlemen. That's the analogy I can think of. It's a good analogy. Um, I know people are like, "Yo, I'm getting that hand wash, <laughs> like a nice <laughs> delicate hand wash," uh, versus taking it through, you know, the mechanical. Imagine taking it machine every day. Mm. Twice a day. Twice a day. Twice a day. Got it. That's what you're doing to your teeth, pretty much. So the fo that's why I wanted to stress: go with the soft bristles. Now, of course, the case will be a little different per patient because maybe you have veneers in, or you have crowns that may require a little bit uh, different type of toothbrush. But for the general patient, uh, virgin teeth, 
go with the soft bristles because mm. even when you have crowns and veneers, you still want to go with the soft bristles because you don't want to scratch your very That's expensive porcelain. Yeah. Just, I don't, I honestly don't know why they sell the harder, the hard bristles, like the medium bristles. I can kind of see For the hard like bristles. Who likes the hard bristles. I like, I personally. Oh, like it's a personal. Do you brush softer though? Like maybe you just put yes, it, like not like, brush it as hard. Side to side, like I brush, you know, in circles, like you're supposed to. If you're brushing side to side with hard bristles, that's how you wear enamel away. Oh. I feel like for the general consumer, like there shouldn't be hard bristles available. Like we yeah. should have the soft oh, bristles soft. only. Yeah. And hence, you go to your dentist for your cleaning to get that. Ah, yeah. Because imagine, like uh, going back to the story of um, being seen and you felt like you were perfectly fine, and then coming back two, three years later. Let's say that not only did you have that um, cavity that got bigger over time that's going to need the uh, root canal treatment, but you were using a medium or hard brush bristle because that's what you saw in uh, Walgreens or whatever uh, local pharmacy. Uh, that's what you that was the only toothbrush that they had. So I'm just going to go with a hard bristle. And you've just been brushing for two to three years, just going at it with the hard bristles. Now when you come in, and like, oh, I've got this pain in this one too. You're gonna have extreme sensitivity all throughout the teeth wow. because you're eroding. You're eroding a protective layer of the nerves that are inside of the tooth. And the closer you get to that, ner- those nerves, the more sensitive the tooth is going to become. Mm. Yeah, sensitivity, cold, sensitivity to sweets, mm-hmm. sensitivity while chewing anything, and mm. sensitivity to just touching the tooth. That's where a lot of um, that's the specialty of the endodontist. Uh, those are the ones that do the root canals that focus on the nerves and nutrition that are going into the tooth. That's mm-hmm. when you hear those type of phrases of "Oh, I've got the sensitivity here, this, that, and the third. It's usually because you're getting really, really close to that. Or a recession too, which again, you'll and have- that's what I was going to say. Gum erosion does that contribute, or at least a hard brish- bristle brush mm-hmm. does that contribute to erosion? Yeah, yep, and recession. Um, yeah, so, so recession is kind of like a two cause kind of thing. You can brush your gum tissue away if you have finicky gums, cause that's a thing you can have like gums that are like, they get in, assault, insulted easily and then they want to run away or also gingivitis, gingivitis and periodontitis, you get recession. Um, because the, the gum can only be you it typically is only a certain distance away from the bone. So if your bone's running away, that means your gum's going right behind it. Mm. If your bone's running away and your gum isn't going right behind it, that means you have inflammation in which you are in a state of, that's where all that bad bacteria is hiding between the gum and the bones. So nowadays when I have older patients, they're like, doc, but my teeth and my gums are receding. And I'm like, well, for you, that's actually a good thing because that means your teeth aren't, you're older. Older people are going to have less bone levels than someone like us in our 20s and early 30s. Um, mm-hmm. Somebody who's 70 is not going to have the same level of bone. So they are going to, you are going to get recession as you get older because if your gums are healthy, they're going to be following your bones. For all of the older listeners, don't be alarmed if you see as the years go by, you're seeing a little bit more recession. And as far as um, when we talk about common misconceptions, right? And I think you've mentioned a couple of them, especially, you know, thank you for those uh, uh, tips on the brushes. But what other common misconceptions do you see when it comes to oral health? Oh, when a big, big important one is some people, when they eat, they brush right after 
great for the, you know, the initiative, but bad idea for the fluoride, for the enamels in your teeth, because mm. your teeth are, it's not like a, a linear process. Your teeth are always breaking down and rebuilding. Every time you eat something, the pH in your mouth goes down, becomes acidic. And the fluoride that's in your saliva helps to build back enamel. So if you keep your teeth in a constant state of acidity, um, you know, you open a bottle of Coke at 10 a.m. and then at 10.30 you're eating a Kit Kat and then at 11 o'clock you're eating some cereal, your teeth are never going to have a chance to rebuild that enamel and that's how you start to get cavities, actually. What happens is some people will brush immediately after they're done eating while their teeth are still in an acidic environment and that's how you can wear away more enamel faster. So always give yourself like a 15-minute buffer period between eating and brushing or brushing and eating, whichever way you do first before before you do the other um you know one thing too and i just got to make another plug right this is going to be a recurring theme throughout this program ladies and gentlemen is you got to get to a dentist and uh i'm just amazed no because the complexity the complexity of oral health that's why i'm so glad that you you guys joined us um to lend this expertise to us um but that's why we got to get to a dentist right because you're not thinking about the acidity mm-hmm. after you eat um or it is sort of erosion of your enamel you know one thing ladies and gentlemen if you have questions out there that we do not ask uh during this program you're more than welcome to um ask us on podbean or spotify um wherever you can ask that question you can also check out our site on podbean um, and get that question in there even our facebook page Um, but also by going to a dentist on a regular basis you can ask these questions and get clarification (laughs) on these misconceptions um, because it's a big deal, right? And we want you to make informed decisions about your health. Speaking of misconceptions, I was going to ask you guys about something that, uh, actually, Latoya, you mentioned it earlier with the direction of um, brushing. So um, I'm wondering if we've been brushing our teeth wrong this whole time. So not only do we need to have a certain type of bristle, we want to go with the soft bristle and we want to have a certain type of toothbrush. We want to have it the electric so that we can get the higher rotations per minute that a human arm can just not achieve. Is there also a frequency? Is there a direction that we should be using? And how frequently do we brush our teeth? <laughs> yeah, a lot of questions. I'll answer the first, the easiest one. How frequently you should be brushing your teeth at least twice a day? When's the most important time of the, the day? The most important time teeth? to brush your teeth. I ask all my patients this. <laughs> is at we should... the evening time. It's the evening because most people are going to brush their teeth in the morning because you wake up with morning breath. It's going, this feels uncomfortable. A lot of people forget to brush their teeth in the, right, in the evening time. Um, But in the evening time, you have eaten all day long for past like 16 hours. And now you're going to go to bed with all that food on your teeth, giving your bacteria, the bacteria in your mouth a lot of resources to make acid to create cavities in your mouth for hours. They nestle, I can imagine them like nestling in there. Like you said, exactly. they like in the gums and stuff. So they're like getting cozy and like, so warm and moist. Oh, and party in here. Uh, Look at that cornflake that they didn't get out to talk about. <laughs> like, oh, it, man. It's, it's so cool. 
And you gotta it's kind of like a hot tub. I want to get in there too. <laughs> exactly. That's the equivalent. Oh, yeah. If I was a bacteria, that's how I would be. Yes, yeah, it's, right. it's the best party. Mm-hmm. It's the best party. Like so, the most important. If you had to choose time, nighttime. Because 99% of people are going to brush their teeth in the morning anyways. So I always tell people the most important part is the nighttime because you never, they're going to remember, oh, wait, I really need to brush my teeth right now. And when they get up in the morning, they're going to do it anyways because they got to go out and talk to people. Uh, first thing in the morning, last thing at night. That's fine. Um, if you have – if you're doing like a really small – like maybe a smoothie in the morning, it's okay to brush your teeth after the smoothie. But ideally just not to confuse it. First thing in the morning, last thing at and night. And that's how you can avoid what happened to you, Mo. If you, like, get out of bed and just go straight to the bathroom and brush, you'll not – like, it's part of my first thing, first thing. First thing I do when I get in the bathroom is wet my face, and then I brush my teeth, and then I wash my face because I know I have to be in there for a while. I kind of give myself time to get ready to, so I'm not – as soon as I leave my room, I want to go to the fridge and eat. So kind of giving myself that 15-minute buffer period. Exactly. So make it the first thing you do when you get into the bathroom in the mornings, and you'll – be okay because it's harder to remember to brush your teeth after you've already had breakfast because when you eat and you haven't brushed it kind of does this like thing where it gets rid of the morning breath taste that you've had when you woke up with that you woke up with and then you forget because you no longer have that that morning breath feeling like oh i feel gross because all the food that you're eating kind of like got rid of that so the if you remember if you remember first thing in the morning you're less likely to forget yeah, and ladies and gentlemen, just for the record, for the record, <laughs> this was an isolated, isolated <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Ladies and gentlemen, this is an isolated event. Maurice Diamond Selby brushes his teeth every day, twice a day. Um, and real fast, yeah. just a plug, though, <laughs> a plug again, right? For not the reason you don't want to go to a dentist. Um, you know, as a resident, I did my rotation in dentistry as an emergency physician. We get plenty of dental patients, right? And I will tell you the trauma of tooth extraction you don't want to go through that that is my motivation before going to bed i swear and i said this before the show right i'll be like oh man i just want to go to bed i'm so tired i was like no gotta brush <laughs> give that give that two minutes three minutes before you go to bed um because i don't want that extraction all right there we go <laughs> so so back to it the twice so now we got it two times most important time night time um, we have self-driving and- cars and we don't have self-brushing teeth yet. Just you put a dev- you put like a retainer on at night and it just brushes through the night. It just like you know what? <laughs> we actually do something similar for kids. It's like it's in a U shape and they have bristles all the way around and you just put it in the mouth and they bite down and you turn it on and it brushes all their teeth at once for like forty it's seconds. Like genius. Yeah. Going back to the 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 way that we should brush. So oh. I'm I'm assuming it's like. Two minutes is is the recommendation that I know. Is that is that still accurate? Yeah. Okay. And then my electric toothbrush shuts off after two minutes. So I just keep going till it shuts off, or I have splatter all over my mirror. So that's my motivation <laughs> to like keep the brush in my mouth until <laughs> until it shuts off. You want to angle that brush head. Like you wanna you don't wanna keep it flat on your tooth surface. You wanna angle it 45 degrees towards your gum line. That's how you can get all that food from because the bottom of your teeth, like where your teeth meet, those are always in those are self-cleansing areas. It's rubbing up against your lip, it's the, it's the chewing surfaces. Those are areas that don't really collect that much plaque. It's under your gum line, around your gum line that you're gonna collect a lot of buildup because you don't get to that with the food and the chewing and your lips, they kind of run yeah. 
rub over that. So it, that's where all that stuff settles in. And of course, that's where gingivitis begins yeah. in, the, in the guns. And for those who want to know, it's called the modified base brushing technique. So <laughs> I think if there's an actual correct way to brush. Yeah. It's like studied. It's a study technique. They've done a million studies on it. And it's this is the best way to brush. So like my wife was saying, you want to angle the toothbrush bristles at like a 45 degree angle towards the gums. And you're brushing in a circular motion. And then the, the as important of a part, after you've done that, you want to sweep the bristles towards the self-cleaning areas, which will be towards the top of the teeth. So that way you're pushing the the bacteria away from the gums because that's the So goal. you start at the gums. You mm-hmm. start at the gums. Mm-hmm. Do that circular motion and then brush, sweep it up mm-hmm. toward the top of the tooth. Mm-hmm. So, of course, for your mandibular teeth, you're going to start at the 45-degree mm-hmm. angle teeth. downward. Bottom teeth. Bottom teeth, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to start at a 45-degree angle downward and you'll brush it up. For your top teeth, 45-degree angle upward and brush it down. And ladies and gentlemen, you can Google that because I just did it, the modified bass technique. Yes. Yep. And it came right up and we will include that in the in the show notes. Yeah. So yep. after you're done with that, I'm assuming that's going to now be in your saliva. So do you now have, should you be rinsing with mouthwash to get it out or do you just spit it out? Is that fine? Spitting um, it out is fine. Um, as okay. As long as it's loose in your mouth, I mean, you can even swallow it. It's going to, it's going to, don't swallow it. But <laughs> if you're going to use a mouthwash, make sure it doesn't have alcohol in it. It can tend to irritate the tissues. If you find that you, the tooth, even the toothpaste that you're using can be very important because some people can be allergic to the detergents in certain toothpastes. So if you notice that you are getting like inflamed out of nowhere or like tissue swapping in the mouth, check your toothpaste. You could be sensitive to the detergents in it. You want to use something that's not abrasive unless you know how to brush properly because I use very abrasive toothpaste. I just love the baking soda Arm & Hammer. It's so good. But it is pretty abrasive. So I don't recommend that for people who are now starting their oral care journey. Um, Us beginner brushers. You know, Colgate, Crest. Um, Crest. All those are great because they have a great amount of fluoride. And fluoride in your saliva is what you need to build that enamel back stronger. So enamel damage is reversible. Yes. If it stays in the enamel, yes. And it's tricky because if you have little cavities, they turn to be frosty white. But when it reverses the other way, they turn black. So it looks like a cavity, but really it's actually really healthy uh, tissue and it's nice and hard. So I tell that to patients all the time, like, you see this this tooth here? You probably thought it was a cavity, but it started as a cavity, but now it's not a cavity anymore. And now it just looks ugly because it's... That's how remineralized. It's called re, the, the cycle of remineralized and demineralized tissue for enamel. And so real fast, just to stop on that point about fluoride or fluoridation, um, even of water, uh, what are the concerns with that? Um, and is this something that's safe? You know, there's definitely a lot of concern about that as far as the general public um, and fluoride use in toothpaste and in the water. So the fluoridation in water actually began as a public health initiative. And it's actually a very, very, very important public health initiative because what they found is that children who were in higher socioeconomic statuses um, and and households were the ones who were maintaining cavity-free because their parents could afford to take them to dentists. 
and a lot of inner city kids, pe- kids in rural areas, um, people who live on, you know, well water and stuff like that. They uh, found that those kids had extremely high rates of cavities and because their parents couldn't afford to take them to the dentist. So introducing fluoride into the drinking water system was a way to get teeth preventing medicine to kids who couldn't afford to go to the dentist. And since fluoride has been introduced to drinking water, the um, in, incident of childhood caries has gone down so much. Like, like uh, I can't even think of the percentage, but a lot. Um, so it actually was a public health thing, um, the fluoride in the water. And a lot, a lot of people, you know, everybody's like about, you know, chemical-free lives and stuff like that. But the, the fluoride in the, the water you use to brush your teeth, is very it's was there to protect the kids who can't afford to do Go things to like that. Yeah. Um, fluoride in high doses, just like anything in high doses, can be dangerous. Um, mainly, it, it actually is the opposite effect. It can cause fluorosis in the teeth. And there was, I think, one town on the four corners of the United States. There's like this one area, and like I'm really bad at geography, but it's called like the four corners where like four states meet at like one corner or something like that. But anyways, they had a lot of kids mm-hmm. showing and they realized that it was too much fluoride in the drinking water. And so they they changed that. Um, and there's like an actual specific amount that should be in the drinking water. And the amount that is in the drinking water is significant enough that it helps childhood carries or adult carries either as well um but not enough that it would harm you if you drink too much water i know some people who live on well water they don't have the added fluoride in the water um and so for my patients like that i always have them on like an extra higher dose of fluoride toothpaste because we tend to see that they have the cavities as well or there's certain like Groups of people who buy like there's even like um, fluoride less toothpaste, the Tom's toothpaste, like the natural toothpaste. And I'm all for being natural and stuff, but I'm also a really big advocate for fluoride. Your toothpaste should have fluoride in it because it's kind of defeating the purpose. But then again, usually the people who can afford the more expensive non-fluoride having toothpaste are usually the same ones going to the dentist more regularly. So they don't see that correlation not having fluoride and having more cavities because they're the ones who can afford to go to the dentist. Um, you know, everybody else is buying, you know, whatever's on sale at the grocery store, which is perfect because whatever's on sale is guaranteed to have the right amount of fluoride. in yeah. it. The ADA uh, does a really good job at controlling uh, whatever is coming out as a dental product, uh, limiting how much percent uh, fluoride is in it. That would um, be like the FDA. FDA. Um, it's, uh, I think it's point, I think it's point zero two five percent I think, uh, cause it's also says it on Noah's toothpaste. Mm-hmm. So it's the, it's the same amount of per- percent toothpaste and kids toothpaste is the same in the adults toothpaste. Um, and as long as you're not like, you know, guzzling down the whole toothpaste, uh, tube and you're just using it just for the toothpaste, uh, just to brush, uh, and spit, as out. And spit out and not swallow. Um, then, you know, you should be perfectly <laughs> fine, but there is that misconception of oh you know if i'm drinking fluoridated water if i'm brushing my tooth my teeth with a fluoridated toothpaste if i'm rinsing with stuff that has fluoride in it all this stuff i'm gonna get the fluorosis that my wife was talking about where it actually does or like brain damage i've heard i've heard i've heard it all yeah i have heard it all i've heard that it for some people who are like uh, are are yogis they like they don't take it because it blocks enlightenment and 
that one, those one, uh, one in a million situations where they overfluoridated the water. But that was a very, that was a one-time situation thing. And we've been on top of fluoridating. And that we're talking, that was probably like in the 70s, 80s. And of course, now it's wow. 21. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've been on top of that. Um, there's fluoridation in it's water. very regulated. Very re- extremely regulated. Because just like anything else in the health field, once something goes down, they're going to be on top of it to make sure that doesn't right. happen again. But it's just like, you know, back right. it's it's public health. Like, you know, all the kids that have avoided, have been able to keep their teeth because they have fluoride in the water. They can't, you know, if they can't afford toothpaste or whatever, at least they have fluoride in the water. Yeah. So it's just on top of like that, the health push that my wife was talking about. It's just another thing that's aiding in you protecting your teeth. Another preventative treatment to avoid getting to those root canals, to those extractions and all that stuff. So it's definitely a plus, definitely a plus to have the fluoridated toothpaste, fluoridated uh, water. In terms of other kind of measures, so we talked about fluoride in the water. We've talked about all the different things that we should be thinking about when brushing our teeth. Um, and then you mentioned uh, using a mouthwash. It didn't seem like it was as important um, I will in say, comparison to brushing. Yeah, it's not as important when in comparison to brushing. Um, in some cases with patients who already have questionable periodontal disease, um, it's just like the icing, like the cherry on top of the cake. Honestly, um, the best mouthwash you can have is peroxide. I was, yeah, I was going to say that. So like, like, no, like regular, like regular peroxide, peroxide. Yeah. That you get at like Walmart, Walmart, or like diluted, Costco or whatever. Diluted peroxide is the best mouthwash you can have. Yeah. It, it kills everything. Like my wife was saying earlier um, about the whole, the alcohols in your, uh, like if you were to use like a Listerine, Listerine. if you were to use that regularly, um, it can be really harsh on your gums. Uh, so I wouldn't recommend using that regularly. Um, once in a while is fine, but the peroxide does the same thing except better in most cases. It tastes gross, but mm. it's a job. So, uh, like I would, I've had it, per, I've used it personally and I love it. Even I don't think it tastes weird, but that's just me. Um, but for a lot of my patients, I would recommend that when I see that they have a lot of recession or I'm really concerned about their periodontal health, mm. I'll put them on a regimen of uh, peroxide and check in on them after a month, see how they're doing. And every time thus far, it's been good. Improvement. Improvement, big improvement. Cause it's just like with the brushing and everything, uh, with the flossing, the peroxide just is like that extra touch Mm -hmm. that just gets around the gum lines and just helps out because Mm. that just kills the bacteria. The bacteria hate that stuff. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we even make like for real, like like real cases where they just have inflammation that just doesn't want to go away because of the bacteria. We even make them like trays that they wear at night where they, it forces the peroxide into their gums. And then it literally like sterilizes the area and helps. Cause like, like we said, the bone likes sterile environment. So this helps to sterilize the oral cavity. Yeah. So if any rinse you're going to use, I would recommend that peroxide. that could be used like once a day that doesn't have that shouldn't be used that like twice and you get like free whitening because the peroxide is the main ingredient in professional whitening kits fun fact wow i had no idea yeah now you know so speaking about your dental visits mo you were telling us about some of the uh statistics uh behind behind how frequently people go to see the dentist 
So right. in general, you know, in 2007, only 44.5% of people aged two and older had a dental visit in the past 12 months. And unfortunately, right, that was 2007, but really that statistic really has not changed much. And so essentially, you know, what is behind this, right? Uh, is it just the fear of the dentist? I don't know if you guys remember, this might be, I'm dating myself with this, right? Uh, Steve Martin in Little Shop of Horrors. Love that movie, man. Uh, but essentially, right, he is a, he's like a serial killer, essentially, that mm. becomes a dentist because he loves to torture things. Um, anyway, <laughs> why little shop of horrors? Yeah, that didn't do dentistry justice at all. But I mean, watching that as a kid, I was terrible. Like, wow, that's what the dentists do. But no, seriously, what are the barriers, um, you know, keeping people from visiting the dentist regularly because i think there are is a large chunk of the population they've recognized right they want to have great smiles they want to have uh healthy teeth but not everybody can get there so what are the barriers really keeping people away from getting regular dental care i think one of the first ones is exactly what you were talking about just a simple lack of knowledge about what the dentist does and just a baseline fear of fear. oh my gosh when i go to the dentist i'm getting teeth extracted fear they're going to stab one. me with some stuff they're going to when they do those cleanings, they get up all up under my gums and it's uncomfortable. Then, I get sore. Fear is a probably the biggest one. Dental anxiety is very, very common. Like even my two-year-old is scared of the dentist chair. Like I take him to a pediatric dentist because I don't want to be the one to torture him because one hand <laughs> me in the chair so but it's even just sitting on the chair it just makes them nervous and like and it's not like he's ever seen little shop of horrors to be scared about the dentist it's something about the dental chair or something that just makes people nervous um and it I, hurts right <laughs> he's never been he's literally the first time he went to the dentist office, he would not sit in the chair like it just, they don't just don't like it mm. um but he for but and a lot a lot of people as they become adults it's always when I was little, I had a dentist that did blank, 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 blank. And dentistry mm -hmm. had a bad rap because back in the day, if you had a cavity, they were pulling your tooth out. Like I have had mm -hmm. dentures for, and long time they've been married and they got married when they were 20 and they like have been in dentures since like 18. Yeah, um, I, I and that's actually... just what they, that's just what they did back then. And they used to not use much numbing. The dentist used to hold you down and just do what they needed to do. But nowadays we're all about keeping patients comfortable specifically in my office find a dentist that you're comfortable with find a hygienist that you're comfortable mm. with in my office we don't even clean teeth on the first visit we spend the first visit getting to know who you are as a patient educating you getting to know your fears and anxieties and i've had patients who just walked by and was like you'll never get me to get in here to being religious every four months they're in the office like it's find someone you're comfortable wow. with. because a dentist patient relationship is like lifelong you're going to have your teeth all your life. So once you find somebody that you like, go to them and keep going to them um, and get over that fear. The first step is walking through the door. Yeah, because I, I will say that um, to kind of fight that fear, since I am in dental school right now, we've had several classes just on that. The psychological interaction between a dentist, specifically a dentist and a patient mm -hmm. because of all the backlash that's happened over the years of this is what dentists do this is how they treat you and stuff like that they're about the money or whatever the case is they we've dedicated courses to teach us how to take care of patients specifically 
who have those dental anxieties, mm-hmm. who um, who are just in general don't care w- what's the importance of the dental health and stuff that we're talking about here, which I'm so happy we're talking about. Yeah, that fear is the biggest deterrent. Right. And that fear really can be fixed by just have fostering a good dentist-patient relationship. There are some people who have true dental phobias, like walk into the room and start immediately crying dental phobias. And for oh, wow. Since we do, you know, nitrous oxide, Valium, um, just kind of things to like, because they, they can't relax on their own. But a lot of people who are like, well, doc, I haven't been to the dentist in 15 years because I was scared. And then all of a sudden it's been 15 years and my teeth look like this. Again, all about finding a good dentist that you're comfortable with. Take the time. If it means you have to go to a couple of offices uh, offices until you feel comfortable, by all means, do it. Wanting to go to your dentist is definitely should be your goal. Like wanting to see your dentist. And it becomes more than just about your teeth a lot of times. Like I know all about my patients' lives, their vacations, their husbands, their children, their grandchildren. They bring us gifts at Christmas time. Like it's really, really good That's to have awesome. a good relationship with your like We were just in the office and your patient was talking about how she's going to make cheesecake for you. Oh, yeah. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> in our office at Christmas time, the most candy. And I'm not ever one to tell somebody don't eat candy because that would be hypocritical of me because my staff room yeah. is full of candy. <laughs> It's full of candy, but we know how to take care. I mean, I'm never going to, I will educate you on how to enjoy life and enjoy the things you like to eat without destroying your teeth. I'm never going to be like, don't eat that or don't drink that. Just do it properly. It sounds like, you know, you're pretty realistic about what you ask for them. So whenever people do go to a dentist and they're getting, uh, they're, they're having these visits, they're getting information from you. Are you doing any kind of screenings or anything other than cleaning and fillings and things like that, that, you know, the treatments, are you also screening for anything or trying to, to kind of practice more preventative health? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I will say um, that uh, we both come from the same school of thought in regards to when we're doing at least the first visit and every other visit, I try to do it every, I do it every visit. When my patient sits down, um, I tell them, introduce myself if it's been a while the next thing I'm doing, I'm like, hey, we're going to be doing a an oral health screening. Um, in my mind, I'm thinking of from the neck up, uh, I want to start looking into potential cancer cancers. I want to screen for cancers because some sometimes the dentist is the first person to catch the oral lesion that turns into uh, most sarcoma. Most of the times that's the case. Or if you have nodes, enlarged nodes that are going, going down the sternocleidomastoid, that's the that's the pay, that's the person who's going to catch it is the dentist. The person if you're going to have there's so many areas that we're checking along the the jawline, along the the thyroid, along the collarbone, mm-hmm. behind the ear, uh, feeling around the face. There's so many areas that cancer could potentially come up, and that's something that takes two minutes to do. Two minutes. Mm. And you've screened it out right. or you've caught it in an early stage. But regardless, we're checking for that. And that's every visit. I don't stress too much on saying that we're doing it for cancer for patients 
unless they ask me because sometimes oh that no freaks I do it out. I know I do it every time every I, time I whenever I'm doing my my oral screening I look around and I don't tell them what I'm doing in the beginning but at the end I'm like oral, that's what I do yeah oral cancer screenings negative soft tissue looks yeah. good yeah so they know that I've just checked them out for any like signs of oral cancer and if I see something that looks abnormal in the mouth I take a picture I tell them to come back in two weeks if it's still there we send them for a biopsy if it's gone then great you just burnt your mouth on pizza or something but I'm never too cautious because I have diagnosed several cases of squamous cell carcinoma in the mouth. And at that point, when it's found in the mouth, I think the statistic is like within five years, they're no longer alive. Yes. Five years. Within five years, that person is. Wow. Because that cancer has, and it's a devastating, devastating type of cancer. It's like that's the type of cancer that you see the person has had half their face removed or some I was going to ask it, it it originally would attack the skin right um uh, it, it or... start that way um but a lot of times it's just found in the mouth and sometimes it can be it can be metastasized from other areas of the body mm-hmm. um i think it's what is it lung cancer and there's three types of cancers that metastasize and manifest in the mouth you may not even not know that you have other cancers in the body. Cancer. Oh, wow. And then we find so that sent for a biopsy. It's like, yeah, it's squamous cell carcinoma. That is an incredibly aggressive, devastating type of cancer. So I always wow. know, hey, I just looked at everything or hey, I don't. And I, I, I'm not shy about it. If I'm concerned about something and I want to send them for a biopsy, I tell them exactly what I'm doing because I want them to know the gravity of the situation. Like sometimes they do get a little nervous, but I'm that type of dentist. I will call you every day until you go to that oral surgeon. I know you're afraid, but you need to go because it can be, right. it can be life-saving. And we've had several cases where it was us finding something that didn't look good in the mouth, sending it to the oral surgeon for a biopsy, and it comes back as cancer. And that's just, you know, oh, wow. as quickly as possible before I had one patient. He's probably going to lose. He, he was new to us, and he came in for a hurting tooth. You know, my assistant was um, going to take an x-ray of the tooth before we had even gotten into room. And she's like, Doc, you're going to see something under his tongue. And it's just going to take an x-ray of a hurting tooth. And I looked at that and like immediately like that is cancer. Like I'm not going to tell I'm not going to say, yeah, you have cancer, but I'm going to tell him I'm really concerned about what's going on. I'm going to send you for a biopsy because it may be something you know, that might be cancer. Oh, wow. But even looking at it, because of all my education and all my, like, you know, I know that it's squamous cell carcinoma. And um, he prayed, oh, but I, we urged him, go, go get it checked out, go get it checked out. And now he's going to have to, he may lose a lot. And he was coming in for aching tooth. So wow, that's just a, an example of like why you need to go to the dentist because he hadn't been to the dentist in a very long time. So mind you, if he had gone yeah. out here, that would have been caught. Sam, that would have been caught way earlier. Because I don't care how small it is, how big it is. If it doesn't look right to me, I will monitor it. And if it doesn't go away, I'm sending you for a biopsy. Yeah. So that could have been caught years ago before it got to this point of devastation, pretty much. So. And there's several things that are on the face, like even like skin cancers. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, uh, like I'll be doing an exam. It's like, hey, did you notice that you have this little thing here? Oh, yeah, I've had that for like two, three years. Did you speak to your doctor about it? Ah, you know, it's just something that came up. And, you know, you never know what that can lead to. So during that screening, that is as important of a procedure as the procedure itself. Mm -hmm. Because that's something that needs to be immediately taken care of. So yeah, that's that's extremely important to do that during the screening. And that's just not to – that's not just – that clinical screening, that's also like my wife talked about earlier. We're doing blood pressure to, uh, tests um, 
because there's a lot of things going on in the dentist's mind of, oh, we don't want a blood pressure too high because then we can't do certain procedures. But then we come across hypertension. Have you been diagnosed for hypertension? No, you know, it's up sometimes. Oh, and I'm they feeling will argue anxious. With me, like they will be getting ready to fight. And it's like, but, I don't have high but blood pressure. We've now. checked your blood pressure six times at this point, and it's still the same blood pressure. I literally you should go yeah, see your doctor. I literally had one. <laughs> I had to reschedule him four times because he kept insisting. He told me my machine was broken. He brought in his own machine. And mind you, I could have taken these teeth out without having causing massive bleeding because it was so loose. He wasn't even going to bleed. I knew that. But I wanted him to get his blood pressure checked. So I was like, I'm yeah. taking these teeth out until you go get your blood pressure checked by our doctor. Two weeks later, he calls. He's like, you're right. They put me on medication. They told me to wait two weeks for it to level out. And then we can get the extraction done. He literally made me schedule him four different times because he was like, you're mis-. he was so mad at me because I, I wouldn't pull his teeth. I'm like, I'm trying to save your life. Yeah, because um, like I was saying at the near the beginning of the whole thing, it's um a good dentist, which I like to think me and my wife are. Um, a good dentist isn't right. focused, isn't focused on just the teeth, isn't focused on just the procedure, isn't focused on, and a good provider period, shouldn't be focused on just the symptoms and what it is. Their focus is the patient. And that's, although our specialty is the teeth is from the neck up, we care about if we see something outside of that, we're not going to look at it and be like, oh, well, you know, that's not my problem. No, you are my patient. Mm-hmm. As long as you are in my chair, you are my problem. Mm-hmm. So, of course, I'm going to send that out and make sure that you get the right treatment that needs to be taken care of for the problem. So, screening. Absolutely. Huge, 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 huge importance. Yeah, and it seems like what you're saying is that the earlier you catch any kind of of issues, the better that it would be in terms of their health outcomes. But then also financially, Mm -hmm. would it help them? Going into the show, I knew going to the dentist was obviously important, but man, you guys are really blowing my mind with how important and how preventative it can be, not just with cavities and stuff, but with all sorts of cancers, all sorts of different conditions. So what are other barriers that might cause people to not go to the dentist? We talked about fear, um, but there's ways to circumvent that by finding a provider that you like, or maybe even sedation dentistry, something like that. Um, So why else might somebody not go to the dentist? Unfortunately, um, and I'm sure we're going to elaborate this on a lot more. uh, Unfortunately, the case can be that there are no dentists. There's no dentists in the area. Also, that your insurance doesn't cover the the treatments that you need. I know, uh, Giorgio, uh, we were talking about that uh, before the show started, that sometimes that's yeah. as much as I want to do this, that and the third, I don't have my insurance doesn't cover it. What do I do? And I feel like insurance is usually pretty unforgiving when it comes to, to dental care and eye care uh, specifically. It's like, it's almost like they barely cover anything. It's not really like insurance, like how you think of medical insurance. It's like a discount plan, really, because you're going to still end right. up for something. Yeah, exactly. And then uh, I'm not going to lie. There are definitely points in the past two years where I had to make the decision to say, I'm going to have to postpone that because I want to pay my rent, you know, or I have to pay this bill or I have to do this. And I don't have money left over to uh, go for dental care. But what you guys are telling me is that basically I'm, you know, I'm, I'm actually shooting myself in the foot for the future mm-hmm. uh, because you said something 
could go from a, a $90 cleaning and visit to becoming a uh, multiple thousand dollar expense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then you were convincing me, you know, to, to floss more often, which I asked you guys to do. I was like, I don't floss. I should floss. I know that, you know, I've always been told that, no, you know, I just want to know why I should floss. Like, give me, you know, like, like the, the reasons why, and it seems like a lot of it is, you know, again, that if you don't, uh, floss properly and, and frequently enough, you have that buildup of the bacteria around the gum that could get under the tooth and cause yeah, things so like gingivitis, periodontal. When you brush, you're covering pretty much just those surfaces of the teeth. The flossing gets in between the teeth. Yeah. And that's one spot that your bristles aren't really going to touch too well. So that's why the flossing and brushing go hand in hand. How often should you be brushing? Twice a day. How often should you be flossing? Right after Twice you brush. a day. As Actually, soon as before you, and after you Before brush. and after you, you brush. You could do it before. You could do it after. Before and after is both icing on the cake. Mm -hmm. just, just go for it. As easily as they can go ahead and get down from the front, they can get the bacteria can get down from in between the teeth. And that's where you tend to see most bone losses. Yeah, is in between the teeth where people don't floss, and that's actually where ninety percent of cavity. Well, I'm sure that's like a skewed. I'm making that statistic, but most of most of the cavities I see is in between the teeth. Like I don't do many chewing surface. No, me neither. Cavities, no. they're always in between the teeth. And that's because yeah. food stays there. It creates acid buildup from the bacteria that's secreting acids as it's metabolizing the food that you're eating and creates cavities. I always tell this to my patients. The cavities, the, the buildup that you have, that's pretty much bacteria poop that's on your teeth. <laughs> Easy way to think of it because they're eating the acidic stuff that's there. Whatever they metabolize, as my wife just said, that's left over. That's the cavities. Mm -hmm. So and that acid eats away at the, at the enamel and it doesn't rebuild and it's just, it's just a cycle. And it just keeps going and going and going and going and that cavity gets bigger and bigger and bigger. The bone gets lower, lower and lower. The gums recede lower and lower and lower. Mm -hmm. But let's go back to like the insurance thing. So dental insurance is like really like a, like a, a discount plan. Like they're going to pay for something somehow. But you guys are lucky enough to live in New York City where you have dental schools. If you're having trouble finding a good dentist at a reasonable price, go to the dental school. It they, It's the cheapest care you're going to get anywhere. They don't take insurances. It's fee for service, but it's going to be super cheap as compared to like an upscale dental office. And you're going to get really high standards of care because these students are doing it to the best of their ability because their graduation depends on them doing a great job. So go to the dental school. You're going to get good care at affordable prices. Yeah. And marginally, marginally lower prices. Oh, um, yeah. Compare, yeah. What like, I charge for something versus what they what charge they, at the dental Yeah, it's school like usually a third day. or less of the price. So if it's something that you feel it's outside of your reach, unfortunately, like my wife said, they don't take insurance, but the costs are so low and the process of getting the treatments are usually push out further over time just for the learning aspect of dental school that it becomes a lot more of an affordable option right. that you'll get your treatments mm -hmm. you'll get what you need over that time like have you ever thought that you would have a cleaning that would cost eight hundred dollars because i've done cleanings that cost eight dollars it happens pretty frequently but the thing is a lot of people's insurances cover the majority of it and so they just have to go pay to pay but scaling and root cleanings those are deep cleanings they charge them you need four deep cleanings for the entire mouth. It's in quadrants. 
And each deep cleaning in my office is almost $200 for a full mouth of wow. deep cleaning. You have no insurance and your fee for service, it'll be $800. And I can guarantee you a lot of my patients pay the $800 because they know that they're going, that's the first step in taking care of their teeth. Um, we ed- we yeah. over educate. We over, over, over educate. A patient is leaving my office knowing way too much about their dental health. We take a CT scan, a CBCT scan on every single patient. You see from the eyeballs to the the the, the clavicle, and you're like, I didn't need to know all this, but this is really cool. Um, and you can go to the dental school and get how much do you guys charge for SRPs? Seventy five. Get that same eight hundred dollar cleaning for seventy five cents for two hundred. Yeah, for one quadrant's worth. <laughs> It'll uh, take them a little longer than it takes my hygienist, but it's okay. Still going to get a cleaning done. You're still going to get the exact right, same. Right, right. Right. So definitely check out so the $300 versus versus $800. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you only have to do that once. If you're going to get that cleaning, and I always tell this to my patients, I know it sounds like a lot now, but you'll never have to do this again as long as I'm seeing you as often as I need to be seeing you. Exactly. So if I'm seeing you for this deep cleaning and I don't see you again for three more years, guess what? We're going to be doing this deep cleaning again. So uh-huh. So that's what oh, I have to look forward to. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna get well, that. Well, you get the deep cleaning know. and you go every however often they need to see you, whether it be three months, four months, or six months, you won't need the deep cleaning again. Yeah, the deep cleaning is only meant to be a one-time thing and then regular, like just regular cleanings to follow up. As long as you're doing your part at home and you're coming into the uh, hygienist chair to get the follow-up cleaning. So it's like my apartment. It's like when I try and clean my apartment, you know, like if it, if I maintain the cleanliness in smaller doses, I don't have to do another deep cleaning and spend the exactly. whole day. That's perfect, Giorgio. <laughs> that, that is oh, perfect. I actually um, read like a Pinterest article the other day about tips of keeping a tidy home because I have a two-year-old. And um, they're like, well, if you do these little things every day, you don't have to do it all at once and then like once a month. And I'm like, oh. Yeah, that's true. That's cleanings right there. Right. <laughs> really, we should just teach him to pick up his toys. But <laughs> <laughs> so I wanted to I wanted to ask one more question, I guess, before we closed out, uh, and that's pertaining to X-rays. So I know you guys do X-rays a lot at the at the dentist's office, and I believe that's how you guys diagnose cavities. But my mom might be listening to this. But every time she sends me to the dentist, she always freaks and she always makes me promise if there's any way I can get out of getting that x-ray that I should. Um, so I just wanted to ask you guys, are they dangerous at all? What's their purpose? So, How often do we need to get them? Stuff like that. So uh, there's two parts in diagnosing uh, in uh, dentistry. The first part is the clinical exam. And the second part is the radiographs. They go hand in hand. It's really hard to confirm mm-hmm. stuff just yeah, off of uh, just off of the clinical eye view without seeing what what the root of the bone looks like because we can't see that in the mouth where um what's going on at the bottom of the tooth what's going around uh all the ligaments that are surrounding the t- the tooth all that mm-hmm. stuff is not something you can just see by looking at the tooth in a healthy mouth so we need both in combination to be able to do yeah. the proper diagnoses remember how i said that most cavities happen in between the teeth mm-hmm. i cannot see in between the teeth with my eyes if I have a patient who comes in, sits in my chair and they say that they don't want x-rays, they're completely against x-rays, I actually just make them sign a waiver saying that I am not responsible 
for any of the cavities that they may have because I can't detect them without x-rays. And if something happens to this tooth, they made the decision to not have the x-rays. And um, most of the times when they see that, they realize how much I value x-rays. And then they're like, okay, let's take x-rays. And then they let me take the x-rays. But I only take them when I absolutely need to. I'm not going to be zapping you every single time you come in every six months. We don't need to do that. The big x-ray that goes around the head, the panoramic radiograph, we take that once every five years. Yeah, exactly. Um, And nowadays, back then, x-rays used to be higher in radiation, I believe. Nowadays, x-ray radiation is so low because it's all digital that you get more radiation spending the day out at the beach in the sun. So you should definitely not be afraid of getting x-rays. Like I need to take x-rays are how we see, you know, if a filling needs to be replaced, if a crown that I'm putting on is fitting correctly. Um, I have patients who will not let me like, I will fight me on x-rays so much. And I'm like, I can't see what's going on without these x-rays. And then when it gets bad enough, they're like, okay, well, let's take one x-ray. And at that point I have to pull the tooth out because it's gotten so bad because I didn't catch it when it was small. It's impossible for me to see what's happening in between your teeth. The only cavities we can see without x-rays are the ones that's on your chewing surfaces or on the front of the teeth or on the back of the teeth in between where most cavities happen cannot be diagnosed without x-rays. Especially if you're a patient that has like really, really like long gums that can cover up some areas mm-hmm, of the tooth. Mm-hmm. I can't do it. I can't cut the right. gums we out. Don't have, I, right. We're not going to do that. That's a lot more painful than getting the x-rays. Right. Um, but yeah, the radiation has definitely decreased over the years uh, of what you're getting with the x-rays. And it's we limit it to only when we need to do a treatment are we going to take the x-rays? Mm-hmm. Um, like my wife said, the, there's different types of x-rays. The, the overall mouth one that lasts for five years, if we're taking individual teeth x-rays just to have on file, those last for two years. So it's not like it's something every time you sit in a chair, you're getting your x-rays. But when you're getting them, it's because it's aiding us in a treatment or aiding us in a diagnosis. Right. I look at the x-rays with my patients before I even open their mouths. Like I, I, that's the last step is me looking in the mouth. I'm going to get a lot more from this x-ray than I am from looking in your mouth. Um, so they go hand in hand, especially with the digital x-rays. Now you're able to expand them so large. So like I could put a tooth to the size of my head so that way I can get all the detail of what's going on at the root, what's going on mm-hmm. in between the teeth, what's mm-hmm. going on on this surface. Right. So, and those big x-rays are how I've diagnosed, you know, high cholesterol, deviated septums, sinus infections, like everything else outside of the mouth. So super important, mom, x-rays. Thank you so much. I guess uh, my mom's kind of mindset is a bit of a holdover from an older school of thought. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah the, thank you. The old x-rays used to be... Def- definitely higher radiation. It's just developed in a dark room. Nowadays, our x-rays are portable. They're like little portable guns that you don't even need to wear like collars anymore for because the radiation is so low. Yeah. And it's, it literally is, looks like a gun and it it, it, does, it doesn't come from the wall anymore. And it's like, here, plays a little sound and, and that's it. I will say for those... to the computer. <laughs> I will say for those who are um, going for the, uh, the school route, um, they still have the ones that are connected to the wall. Uh, but even those have been decreased uh, radiations. If you see ever see your dentist step out of a room while you get the x-rays, it's because you're getting your x-ray once a year. <laughs> I'm taking x-rays on a full day in an actual office probably like possibly 15 times. So that 15 times radiation 
is you over the course of 15 years, I'm getting it in one day. And still, even still, it's still minimal. Mm. We're x-ray badges. And in order to take the gun, the x-rays with the gun, we have to be in the room, right? Or my assistant has to be in the room because I'm busy running around. And so they wear radiation badges and we get them checked every three months. And it's still the most minimal amount of radiation you could less than sun exposure yeah. over a three month period of taking wow. x-rays every day. And so digital wow. x-rays have really, really, really come a long way. Don't be afraid of getting them once a year. Yeah. Thank you so, so much for imparting all this knowledge on us and, and sharing so much of your, your expertise and, and wisdom with us. You definitely convinced me that I need a floss and I need a, really up my oral health game and you guys could, could keep me you you could hold me to that for sure and then oh, ask me if cool. i've made the changes go to the dental school like they, if, if like and this is for all your listeners I, they need patients i i just really want to thank you both for uh for coming on to the show it's been a pleasure to have you uh steven latoya dr joseph's or Doctors Joseph, <laughs> we just wanted to, to close out the show like we always do. As the take-home message for everything, see your dentist, please. please. Absolutely. I mean, that was actually <laughs> going to be one of the things. I was going to ask you if there was a single takeaway or a, a, you know, a simplified, condensed SparkNotes version that you want people to kind of go away knowing and sharing with their friends and family so that we could build a better community not just in in harlem but you know around the world and and now that we're on a podcast uh i I guess we can impact health in a global manner so tell me you know what's what's the the golden takeaway for you it's go see a a dentist and what about you latoya perfectly healthy go see the dentist um Mm. i'm I'm just going over what steve what steve says because yeah a lot of things they they don't they don't start to really need much until it hurts, um, and then it might be too late. So my takeaway would be prevent it now so that you don't have to spend all the money later. It's going to be a lot cheaper to preventatively go to your dentist twice a year than to reactively see your dentist when something goes wrong. And I don't know about the rest of the country, but where we live here in Florida, you're hard pressed to find a dental office open on a Friday, Saturday, or Sunday. So most mm. times dental emergencies happen when you can't reach your dentist. You do not want to be with your uh, face blown up, swollen out of nowhere at two o'clock in the morning on a Saturday because your dentist is not going to know that you have an issue until Monday morning. And the, th- and the thing is, is that uh, because those offices aren't open, where are you going to go? You're going to go into the, the emergency, emergency room, room and a lot of stuff is focused more on the extractions or here we're going to give you a little medication until you're until you're good enough to see your dentist and on the then Monday. you're responsible for that bill too. Yeah. So, so yeah. prevent it before it gets to the point where you have to react. <laughs> you know, you want to avoid Dr. Selby in the ER. Um, <laughs> not <laughs> for, for your dental emergency. You know, everything else. He's a phenomenal physician. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not taking anything away from that. I'm just saying, you know, and he would agree that, that you want to do the things the, the kind of practices that, that were mentioned throughout this show to be able to uh, prevent yourself from being in an emergency because it's always worse when it, it gets to that stage. Even if there is something negative, you know, my takeaway from what, listening to you is, is to go even if you're afraid that something is negative because 
the sooner that you take care of it, just like with the rest of your overall health, the better that it's going to be. That the, the easier it is to correct the, the, the trajectory um, as you kind of do it earlier and not just easier, but, you know, less expensive by an exponential margin mm -hmm. from just the numbers that you were sharing. I think the, the message is pretty clear. Go see uh, your dentist. <laughs> right now we have Dr. Selby talking in his kids. He's on daddy duty. So I'm going to do the honors. Uh, this show, just as all other shows, are dedicated to the memory of Miss Gloria Thomas. Harlem, take care of yourselves. And please let us know if you have any questions that you'd like us to answer. Given our relationship with the Dr. Josephs, we can make sure that they, they get your information out to you. And we expect to see you back. We have a whole bunch to, to un, unpack with you. I mean, we went through a two-hour special today, but I want to know about your experience of going through dental school. I want to know uh, your experience of being a female black dentist who now has a practice and entering the, the uh, dental business also and seeing, you know, that end of it. Voting number know one about... Sebastian, by the way. Whoa. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's just because they just, they just people, they just, our office is very nice. <laughs> We're uh, like, that was, that was, that was, that was a, <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and say that Latoya's being modest right now. I mean, she did get <laughs> a degree while getting a doctoral degree just because she was bored of, or figuring out dental school. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, so I'm going to go ahead and say it's probably an extraordinary office and uh, you definitely deserve that. But again, we look forward to having you on the show again, uh, both of you and, and, and hearing more about oral health, you know, making sure that we as a, a, as a, a health in Harlem community uh, don't neglect oral health, you know, and, and we don't fall into the same kind of, of traps that uh, make it so that we have emergencies. So uh, thank you so much, ladies and thank gentlemen, you. for tuning in. And thank you, Dr. Josephs, for, for joining us. And uh, we hope that you have a great week. And we'll see you next week. Bye.